for the first time in the year 2022 monday night live on the cogito ergo oro podcast we got all four of the four of the group here everyone say hi to the fans Hi to the fans. Oh, that was hilarious. You all said the same thing at the same time. Wow. Well, this is this is this is what they tune in for. Uh thank you everyone for tuning in uh to um, our first edition. Uh we we took uh, a couple weeks off with break, but now that we're all back in school, we can be productive again. Um <laughs> at least I'm so. making podcasts. So yeah. Um I guess we can go around really quickly. I mean, a lot of us spent time together over over the break, but does anyone want to share any happenings from uh, the past couple of weeks that, since we had our last podcast? Well, you know, there was Christmas and there was New Year's, so we had fun with that. Um, we ate a lot of food. Amen. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and we'll get to some of the other fun stuff that happened with sports over the, the break as well. I won't touch about that too much because we are going to talk about a lot of that. But it was, it was some good times, a good break. So, yeah. Will, what was your favorite gift that you got over break? Favorite gift? Putting you on the spot right now. That's so hard. You um, could just say the time you spent with family. Yes, that's what I would say. But since you're going to make me pick a gift, the one that comes to mind instantly is this wonderful heated blanket I got. I use it pretty much every day. Um, and then it keeps my legs warm in my room. It's pretty great. There you go. There you go. Anybody else have any outstanding gifts that they received? I'll I'll share Jesus. them. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Jesus was around again this year. Yeah. So for Christmas. Yep. Shout out to the greatest gift of all time Amen. and also the greatest cop-out answer yeah well, I for have christmas gifts i had others too but someone had to say it. yeah all right yeah take a yep couple seconds to appreciate jesus the reason for the season Amen. the reason for all seasons it's true. honestly wow. true yeah so um were you gonna say one i was gonna say one but i i, I don't know if i want to follow up jesus what i was gonna say it's okay um, well, well i i got a I'll follow up then. Oh, Josh, go for it. All right. So coming out of Christmas, I got a wide collection and wide variety of many different varieties of gifts, many different categories filled, um, anywhere from types of food, real food, and some more snack food. I got both. Um, well, at least you're not being about clothing. it. So I got a very large selection to choose from. All good, all good stuff. Um, I can't pick a favorite, obviously, because that would be cheating. Um, but yeah, asked you, you the question. I do. I do like this one pack of stickers that I got a little bit later than the rest of my gifts. What um, are the stickers of? These yeah, stickers. For, they are stickers for. For use on any kind of item, any place, you can put them on your window, on your windshield, on your computer, on your water bottle. Um, I have one sticker that has Ron Swanson holding a sign that says poop. I like that. There you go. And another sticker that just has the face of Creep Ratten. Nice. Um, and then there's just a bunch more stickers like that. 
a good selection, a good variety, lots of good stuff. A there good go. year. A good year. Yes. On a on a scale of of one to one to five, uh, how many um, thumbs up would you give your twenty twenty one, Josh? My twenty twenty one as a year. As a year. Cool. Um, as a full year, I would give it probably about a three point seven seven. Three point seven seven out of five thumbs, thumbs up. up. Yeah. There you go. Good stuff. No so is that is this like your um is this like your movie rating system where anything above a three point five is good and anything below a two point five is horrible? I mean, I wouldn't say that's my system, but yeah, I guess it's pretty much the same thing. Sure. Kind of a general rating system of everything, but. Good stuff. Good yeah. stuff. 2021, 3.77 thumbs up. You heard it here. Wow. wow. That's so good. Yeah. Anyway, I think uh I think good break. Always fun yeah. to spend time with the family. Good. Family and friends. Good to not have to do school. Yeah. Um, but now we're back to reality, I guess. But yeah, that's all right. Uh, we'll we'll kick off today hey, though. What? Do we get to answer the questions? What? What have we been doing, and what was our favorite gifts? Yeah, go ahead. I mean, I, I wasn't sure if anybody else wanted to answer. What is, but... what is yeah. your favorite? Go for it, Taylor. You said Jesus already, so I, 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 I did, but I can I can do one that's not a you know we all know we love Jesus, um, and if you don't, you should. Anyway, wow. I got a I got a couple. Good message. I mean, all of them we're very thoughtful and mm-hmm. i'm excited about all of them so i'm gonna list like three we got some nice water bottles i'm really pumped about them. Mm-hmm. i'm so hydrated um yeah i might also get some stickers must much like josh to put on my water bottle to make it more of my own i mean no, i have plenty wow mm-hmm. um we also got some bikes i'm really excited to ride them when it gets nice out um and then we got a grill set with just a bunch of utensils for our grill. I'm very excited about that as well. Ready to grill some stuff up. You're going to grill it tomorrow on the 11th? Might have to. Yeah, might have to, I guess. Might have to cook cook some grill tomorrow. Amen. <laughs> yeah, well, Taylor just took mine. So by by covering all the bases, essentially. I pretty much, yeah. We also, I mean, we got the same things. <laughs> yeah, we shared gifts uh a wonderful facet of married life yes every gift Um, of yours is also mine every gift begins with k it's so true belongs to the it belongs to me no that's not um yeah it was it was a good time we 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 all had a great a great couple weeks spending together i turned 24 yeah uh so it's um my we were trying to decide what what year i should say because you know 23 is you know everyone's like oh it's michael jordan you know because yeah sports fans you know michael jordan wore number 23 um 24 the easy one to say is kobe bryant but uh yeah i don't know if 
it might be too soon yeah with his situation so i think we're going with the even uh jordan howard on the bears from like three years ago three four years ago war number 24 so it's my jordan howard year mm-hmm. um also chris murray on the iowa basketball team right now true and niall kinnick so that, yeah not a good year if you are no, in you don't a have... flying vehicle. Yeah. Uh, um, if you were number 24, I would advise you to not pilot any don't aircraft. fly. It might be too soon to make that joke. Niall Kinnick has been dead for a hot minute now, friend. Well, there's it's not just him, though. Yeah, but eventually the jokes had to become funny. R.I.P. Black Mamba. <laughs> Is that Shut what up. we call Niall Kinnick? Yep. <laughs> Niall Kinnick, the Black Mamba. Anyway. All right. Since we've loosely stumbled into sports at this point, we might as well get into what we were originally going to talk about on this podcast, and that is um, the happenings of sports. Um, The past couple weeks, there's been a ton of stuff happening. Um, College football season's wrapping up. It actually, the national championship is tonight. So, um, by the time you listen to this, that'll probably have happened already. But as of this moment, us recording right now, we have not um, we we have not seen the result of that. So we we are a little bit behind, but we'll have a couple minutes for predictions, and you guys can laugh if we're way off base on what we say. Um, but I figured we would start with the uh, NFL as the playoffs. Uh, we're just kind of kind of sorted out yesterday. La- yesterday was the last Sunday of the regular season. And uh, there's some pretty big, pretty exciting games that uh, people got to, to view, those who were able to view. But first off, first and foremost, I think the most important thing that we need to talk about is the fact that Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace were fired this morning. Finally, it's official. Guys, what are your thoughts? This has been a long time. It's just finally happened. Bear down. With Matt Nagy for a while. Um, Ryan Pace has been less so, but he's been kind of the architect behind a lot of the Chicago Bears moves for the past year, few years. So the fact that they're not panning out kind of just spelled doom for him. So it's official and it's time for the Bears to move on to something. Absolutely. Josh, did you have anything to add besides bear down? No. All right, bear down. Yeah, this is the biggest win the, the Bears have had all year um, today on, on what is called Black Monday in the NFL when a lot of other coaches, uh, usually every year, you know, a handful of coaches get fired the, the day after the last game. So that was that was the case today. Uh, Brian Flores, the head coach of the Dolphins, got fired. Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman, the head coach GM combo of the Vikings were also fired. And uh, Vic Fangio, the head coach of the, of the Broncos was fired yesterday because they played their last game on Saturday. So he kind of messed, kind of messed with it, but uh, sneaky little move by the Broncos to just drop that little bit of information while the rest of the league's going on to uh, maybe to hide that in the, in the news cycle. So Mm -hmm. But obviously, far and away, the most league-altering is Matt Nagy and his goofball persona finally being out of uh, the, the head coaching job um, in Chicago. Um, 
yeah, I guess from my perspective, um, I'll try to be fair here. Um, I actually think Matt Nagy was like a decent culture builder as a head coach. I think he did things that players liked from time to time. And he did, I would say, instill some level of joy and excitement in the players more so than maybe other coaches would. But other than that, uh, he kind of seemed like an awful in-game head coach. And yeah, there he would find fascinations with random players who weren't very good and really try to make them cornerstones of the offense from time to time. And yeah, his clock management was terrible. I don't like when he took over, I just always remember Mitch Trubisky constantly like trying getting the play in and then like the bears having to burn multiple timeouts. Like it seemed like every game early in halves because they wouldn't get the play set up in time and the clock and the play clock was running out. Um, when that happens across like five different quarterbacks and that keeps going on, obviously you can't really blame it on the quarterback on any one quarterback at that point. Um, so I don't know if Matt Nagy just named his plays like, you know, like every single play was war and peace essentially to, to read off of the, the play sheet or something like that. But uh, that never, that never got any better. Um, he won coach of the year, his first year, uh, the year yes, that the, the double doink happened. Um, I thought then, and it became even more obvious as, the, as the years went on um, that he was kind of getting lucky that he had a really talented team as opposed to elevating the roster with his play calling and decision making but uh yeah i don't know two playoff appearances no wins uh obviously i can't put the double doink loss totally on him that wasn't all his fault but i mean the bears scored less than 20 points that game so the fact that they were even in that situation might be his fault um but yeah, it's good to have him out. Ryan Pace, um, I think he had some really nice draft picks later in the rounds. But other than that, his management of the Bears' assets kind of sucked. Um, traded a lot of draft capital to move up spots and then drafted guys that weren't really that great all the time. Um, and he signed a whole bunch of terrible contracts like Jimmy Graham this year or Andy Dalton or, um, yeah, any number of, of other contracts that grossly overpaid guys um, for minimal, um, minimal production. So I would say he definitely deserved to be fired at this point, but uh, I feel like he's a little bit more polarizing than Nagy where it seemed like everybody kind of hated Matt Nagy by the time he got fired. So, yeah. Um, I guess really quickly, we won't dwell on that too much longer unless you guys have any more parting shots um, to close out the Matt Nagy era. All right. The, the eulogy, hopefully we don't have to talk about Matt Nagy maybe ever again. So, um, hopefully. 
Hopefully not. Well, at least hopefully the only time we mention Matt Nagy is in the future when we talk about, man, remember how everything was run so poorly when Matt Nagy was coach, but now everything is run so well. Hopefully that's the case. Um, If the alternative happens, I don't know if I can even watch the NFL anymore. So anyway, in the meantime, here are a few names that I heard and you guys can give me, give me some thoughts, um, some possible replacements for Nagy specifically, obviously uh, the GM hiring is maybe almost is maybe equivalently equivalently important to the head coach hiring, but that's a little bit more up there and a little bit more cloudy as of right now. So here are a few names that I've heard. If you guys have heard any other names, feel free to um, feel free to chime in. But here are the names. Give me your thoughts as I read them off. Uh, what you guys would think of this particular individual was added to the Bears coaching staff next year. So first one, been in the news a lot. Jim Harbaugh, current head coach of the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, what do you guys think? I would absolutely pump the brakes on that a little bit. If I was a Bears fan or somebody in the Bears front office trying to find a or whoever's helping with hiring, trying to find a new head coach. Um, he had one successful season at Michigan. That was this year. Um, that's pretty much it. I would definitely be a little bit hesitant if the Bears were heavily pursuing to approve a kind of move like that. I think I'd, I'd need to see more because um, even though – Michigan did beat Iowa forty-two to three. Hey, that's that's an accomplishment. It is, it is an accomplishment, but um, they did they did let Iowa's offense score three points. So yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I'd I'd pump the brakes a little bit on Harbaugh right now. Um, just like. Yeah, he had a good season. He coached pretty well this season. Um, he he's probably deserving of like coach of the year for um, college football. I don't know. If, I can't remember if he won or not, but I know he was considered. Um, but yeah, I think I would be a little hesitant. I'll pump the brakes on that a little bit. Sure. Yeah. Will you have any thoughts? No, I think he's a fairly likely hire, but I think Josh Ross had good points that he's not had very many successful seasons. Um, and so it, I'd be a little bit hesitant about getting him at the moment. So we'll see. We'll see what they do. Um, but that could be a fairly likely option for what they go for. Yeah, Harbaugh, he's been rumored to be interested in the Raiders and the Bears job. Obviously, these are rumors, but. Um... It seems that there's a considerable amount of interest, at least from his side. Who knows for sure if the Bears are are going to pursue or not? But yeah, I guess here I'll th- that one's probably the most um, the most fir- you know firmly on people's minds right now. I'll rattle off a couple other ones, and you guys just give me like a one sentence: Would you approve or not? Situation. Mm-hmm. So first one, this one's been rumored. I don't think that this is a very likely one, but Ryan Day, head coach of the Ohio State Buckeyes, what would you think? I mean, if we had the opportunity, I would absolutely approve of it, but I don't think he'd leave Ohio State for the Bears. 
personally. Well, I think that would be a good change of pace to have a quarter or have a coach who can run a more spread system to suit Justin Fields' needs. Um, but like Josh said, it's not very likely because there's no reason why you would leave a super successful program like Ohio State to go to a, a terrible franchise in the Bears. Yeah. I mean, things that would make that a little bit more likely in theory is his history. He did call plays for Justin Fields for a couple of years. So um, that would make that a little more seamless than maybe a different job in the NFL for him. Um, I think a lot of, maybe not a lot, but I'm sure that there's a decent number of Ohio state um, people that are in the Chicago. There's, there's probably a little bit of overlap between Ohio state and Chicago. So there's, Um, more so than maybe some other colleges and and the bears. So that would be another, I mean, I don't think that would have any effect on, on his hiring, but I'm just trying to think of positives right off the bat that I could think of. Um, I like you guys, like you guys have both said, I don't think that that's supremely likely, but that one's been thrown out there. Um, Another one, Josh McDaniels, current offensive coordinator of the Patriots. You guys have any thoughts on that? Again, um, I mean, obviously, it would be moving from a offensive coordinator to a head coaching position in the NFL. But uh, the Patriots' offense has been pretty successful for the most part this season, and um, the fact that Mac Jones is about as exciting of a um quarterback to bring up as Justin Fields at this point. Not that Justin Fields is as t- like as explosive or as um, potential filled as Mac Jones is because I think he's more like he has more potential but I think right now um, just how much better Mac Jones was this season than Fields was um, that was more than a sentence I can stop no you're good uh, Will you have any thoughts on McDaniels um he's been a head coach before that's, that's what i was gonna say he was head coach head coach before didn't necessarily do that well so no, not really i don't know if that's really something that the bears would want as another head coach who has not done very well before so i think to be a little bit cautious going with that one that's that's fair okay um i i, I have a lot of the same thoughts that you guys have so i'll just move right on to the next one uh brian flores recently fired head coach of the dolphins i've seen his name come up um in fan talks and media members talking about who the bears should look into but i don't know if they're actually thinking about pursuing him at this point but you have you guys have any quick thoughts on brian flores obviously he just got fired but um go for it go for it josh says it would okay josh says go for it will what do you think about brian flores um i don't know how I haven't really been keeping track of exactly his tenure, but I thought from seemed like from a lot of the the talk that people thought that the firing of Flores is pretty premature. So I guess that would be a good point in his in his favor is that like a lot of people thought he was still doing fine with what he had. Yeah, good points. Um, yeah, my f- thing to add on to that is I think a lot of people, obviously this is speculation to a degree, but a lot of people think that the reason he got fired was not necessarily because of performance, but because of relationship, I guess we'll say discord in the, between him and the front office and things like that. And then them 
kind of underperforming this year, not really by a lot. They were bordering on a playoff berth, um, but uh, by the end of the year, but I think that they were expecting to be a little bit better than that. And then him not getting along with their front office, I think is kind of what did him in. So I, I actually, I actually think, uh, you know, it seems a little bizarre to desire to want to hire a guy that was just fired by a team. But I would say in his circumstances, uh, they're a little, his are a little bit unique and that um, he has a pretty decent track record despite being fired today. So um, good points on that one. Uh, I just wanted to add before we move on to any other ones, I I'll, I'll add this and then I'll ask you guys. Okay. Actually, no, never mind. Scratch that in, in an ideal world. Who do you guys want the bears to hire? That is reasonable as of right now. Okay, never mind. Um, Can't say like Bill Belichick or something like that. I was going to say Bill Belichick. Um, In an ideal world of the options that they have right now. It could be someone uh, that I didn't mention either. I mean, I think Brian Ferentz might have a job opening sometime in the next couple of years. Maybe go for him. There you go. There you go. I like that. Uh, kind of a lateral move for the offensive success, I would think. Um, but I don't know if it could get much worse than what they had under Nagy. Yeah, but seriously, though, um, if we did have the opportunity for Ryan Day to um, hire him, to bring him in, he, has, he already knows Fields. He's worked with Fields a few years. Um, just bringing him in, helping him to, like, help, re-elevate our offense um, while our defense can kind of hold us in there for about a year or so before um, we get there. I think I think that would be probably the best move in my opinion, but yeah. All right, sounds good. Ryan Day, Josh says Ryan Day. Will, you have any thoughts? Um, I think it would be interesting to see Flores as our coach. Um, another option is like Vic Fangio because uh, he ran our defense back when they were pretty good. Um, and then he went off to do his own thing, and our defense has been kind of mediocre since then. They were okay this year, but on the whole, they're still not the greatest. So it might be interesting to see if he could revitalize at least or try to bring some of his successful uh, scheming to the whole team rather than just the defense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I did not mention Vic Fangio as a head coaching candidate, but I think that um, this, there's not really 100% certainty, but if the Bears were possibly able to, and I don't, I don't know if this would, would happen or not, if the Bears were able to bring him back as a defensive coordinator, I honestly wouldn't really care who they hired as the head coach at that point, because I would consider that coaching change uh, a win. I feel like you can't really get much worse offensively and bringing Fangio back would be an upgrade. No offense to Sean Desai, the current bears defensive coordinator, but uh, ideally in my opinion, um, I mean, I kind of alluded to it. Um, If they could bring any head coach in that could get uh, Vic Fangio to come in as defensive coordinator. I would, I would throw in behind that guy, but um, 
I like it. I like the thought of Flores. I like Day. I don't think Day is very likely. Um, I honestly would be okay with Jim Harbaugh if um, if he was gonna if he was gonna bring a, a pretty accomplished staff. I think Harbaugh has a, a pretty strong NFL track record. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of easy to forget about that because usually you don't go to the NFL and then bump back down to college if you're successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's what he did. Um, I think that I think that there there's legitimacy to him leaving college at this point because I think that you know he he took Michigan to the playoff uh, is kind of their year and they got to see a really good idea of where they stand compared to like the top tier SEC schools. Um, and I doubt that they're going to close that gap anytime soon. Um, and plus they're losing a lot of impact, very impactful players from this year's team. I just think it'd be an ideal time for him to bolt if he's going to try to make a move like that at any point in his life, because I think he's kind of maxed out what he can do at Michigan. Um, I think Michigan fans who think that uh, the next step is national championship contention after this year are a little bit uh, out of touch with where their program sits in, in the hierarchy as of right now. Like you beat Ohio state one time. Good job. I would beat them last time we played them too, but we're not saying that we uh, are God's gift to man. Um, and so I, congratulations to Michigan for winning one of the last 15 rivalry games against Ohio state, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're the next Alabama. So I think that I honestly, yeah, I, I don't think any of them would be bad. Um, I like Flores. I like, I would say as of right now, I would take Flores cause um, he comes from the, the Belichick tree. Um, and I think he was pretty mm-hmm. successful uh, despite being fired by the dolphins. So yeah. Um, really more than anything, I wouldn't say that there's a person that I absolutely think the bears need to have. I just, I just know that there's one person obviously other than Matt Nagy that I, and I don't think that they're even thinking about it, but that I for sure don't want them to have. And that's Matt Patricia, the former head, coach, <laughs> the former head coach of the lions, most underqualified loser head coach of all time. I don't want to be mean, but like that was atrocious. Like whatever you think of Matt Nagy, like Matt Patricia was a worse coach than Matt Nagy, which is saying something, but uh, if, if the, if the bears, for some reason got uh hired matt patricia anything above like an analyst uh i might have to stop being a bears fan because that dude's the, that dude is like the worst if that's finally the straw it's saying something because yeah. fans have put up with a lot yeah mm-hmm. uh, yeah no but just not matt patricia come on bears ownership do something right for once and just don't hire matt patricia so all right we'll stick with the nfl uh unless you guys have any more thoughts to add to uh the bears head coaching situation oh go ahead taylor listen rumor has it Brian Ferentz, the nfl yeah yeah so this uh yeah so um we had another person on this podcast um mentioned that rumor oh, that sorry. was definitely not started on this podcast i was cooking in previous episodes oh yep 
So Taylor was not in in the room when that happened. No, but, otherwise I wouldn't bring it up again. Yes. Um, but yes, Brian Ferentz. The rumor is spreading. Rumor is spreading. I've heard it from at least two sources now. That two reliable sources. Two reputable yes. sources. So uh, we'll we'll pivot now away from the Bears, away from a dysfunctional franchise, and talk about uh, a few mildly functional franchises. So yesterday, um, last day of the of the year. So usually a big deal, obviously, because there's there's some NFL playoff seating on the line. Um, and so yesterday, I would say I, I've I haven't really watched a ton of the NFL compared to what I usually do this year. I just I don't I haven't really cared about a lot of the, the stuff going on, but I actually watched quite a bit yesterday. And I feel like I've had a, a pretty lucky run of whenever I watch the NFL, it happens to be like an excellent game um so maybe maybe the nfl fans need to like pay me to watch more of the games so they get more good games but uh yeah yesterday a lot of stuff happened pretty momentous day honestly pretty unique day as far in nfl history i would say i would say it kind of four games kind of set the set the table for what happened yesterday and so we'll kind of go through them one by one i don't know did you guys were you guys able to watch much of the NFL yesterday? I was able to watch much of it, but not too much. Not so. you were able to watch much, but not too much. Will? Yeah, I didn't get a chance to watch all that much. I kind of listened to a little bit of the games, but mm-hmm. not, not a whole lot. Sure. Yeah, so we'll we'll kind of walk through them one by one and just kind of give a, a few of our thoughts as we go through. So the first one, one that kind of really started things off, because most of the most of the wildness as far as possibilities for playoff situations were in the AFC. So we'll talk about three AFC games and one NFC game. But the first one that kind of set the table for everything was a game that was absolutely not expected to be anything near competitive. And that was the Indianapolis Colts at the Jacksonville Jaguars. So for those who don't know the whole situation, basically yesterday, all that there were there were a few spots up for grabs um, between a number of teams, and those teams were the, the last two playoff spots. And the the teams that were vying for that spot were the the Las Vegas Raiders, the L.A. Chargers, the Indianapolis Colts, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Baltimore Ravens. So the, there were five teams trying to find uh, to fit into the last two spots, and all of them had some level of opportunity but they all needed certain things to fall a certain way i guess is the best way to describe it so one team that had complete control over where they went was the colts uh the colts if they would have won yesterday they would have automatically been in the playoffs uh and fortunately for them they had their final game against the two and fourteen number one overall potential lock up team the Jacksonville Jaguars who were rolling out with an interim coach because Urban Meyer was an idiot and got fired in the middle of the season in the midst of an absolute just train wreck of a year so yeah the Colts all the all the Colts had to do to make the playoffs was beat that team and they could not (laughs) 26 to 11 I believe was the score I believe was the score yeah, it was the final. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, a team that as recently as like two weeks ago, people were talking about as a legitimate Super Bowl threat. Couldn't even beat the Jaguars in a win and in game. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, we don't really need to talk about the individual performances because I think that's more like, yeah, Carson Wentz, not great. Um, but I think that's more, it's more of a T it's more than just Carson Wentz not being good. Like you, in theory, the Colts should have been able to just roll out and run the ball 75 times with Jonathan Taylor and win by a hundred points against a horrible team. And they couldn't even do that. So I think it's, it's, it's gotta be one of the more, humiliating losses in recent NFL history, but that's, that's the table set guys. Give me some thoughts on, on what happened there. Taylor. Okay, go for it. I have a, a little input. I didn't get the chance. Were, was it in our area where we could watch this no. game? So we obviously couldn't watch the game, but I think it said a lot when a later game came on and someone brought up the, the Colts game as a reference of, wow, this game isn't looking great right now, or this team isn't playing great right now. And Chris Collingsworth said, literally no one could look as bad as the Colts today. And so to be called out on live TV by a, a big anchor, it, it probably means you didn't do great, right? It, it tends to mean that, yes. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely colossal failure. Yes. Anyone have any so, thoughts? Yep, Josh. I may... I may have set up the Colts for failure yesterday. Um, uh -oh. So yesterday, I think it was, it was either yesterday morning or Saturday night. Um, I started a Madden 22 franchise and Jonathan Taylor was my starting running back. Uh -oh. And I was absolutely steamrolling through the beginning of the season. He was running for like 200 yards a game. So I think I stole all of the Colts offensive yards Oh my goodness. Through that. So fans direct your ire towards Josh. Yeah, you have to start yeah. thinking, do we need to hashtag fire Josh Hunter? Black Monday, Josh fired. Oh. <laughs> 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 um, um I don't know what happened. I think I think a, a fly must have flown into my my throat there. That's the only explanation. Um fire Josh Hunter. Josh is no longer um, allowed to use Jonathan Taylor on his franchises. It seems fair. All right. You're Colts fan. That seems to be the only uh, sensible sensible response to that. Agreed. Will you? Will as a as an owner, a fantasy owner of Jonathan Taylor, would you like to comment on uh, on his performance yesterday? No, I just know that it was a rough couple of weeks here for the team, so. We were not putting our best effort out there on the field. And as a result, Jonathan Taylor did not do very good this week. So I have to apologize for the Colts because it was also it was also part on me for having a rough couple of weeks for my team as well. Wow. So Will and Josh taking some responsibility for the Colts performance yesterday. Someone it's pretty pretty widespread. There's a lot of blame to go around, it sounds like. In, in such a colossal face plant i think there, there's room for a lot of blame all over the place so yes taylor um i would like to point out that the colts were on hbo's programming hard knocks this year yes, they were. and they were. 
I have just now done a little research. How have teams historically fared being on hard knocks? So there have been 12 teams documented. Five teams actually improved after being on hard knocks. So they film hard knocks in the off season, correct? They usually do, but this year they filmed oh. the Colts uh-huh. during the season for the Ooh. first time in NFL history. All right. Well, then I guess that the historical data doesn't really mean that much because we've had a material change. It's because it's because they were in the midst of filming that didn't get the chance. That is what it is. That makes sense. Filmed. Wow. Yeah. So, so you're saying, Will, I think what Will's trying to say <laughs> is that if they, the Colts were to play like a spring season, they would, they be, would be average. Oh my goodness. Wow. We don't so know. there's no precedent. There's, there's no data pointing either way. So right. we don't know for sure, but we just know that they never got the chance to improve because they were uh-huh. being filmed during this. That's, That's a good true. Point. Yeah. Well, the other teams that have been on hard knocks. Yes. There have been 12, five improved, five stayed the same. And then hang on. No, five improved. Five finished with a worse record. Yes. And then the last two had the exact same record. So it sounds like it has no appreciable effect. So the data is mm-hmm. split. A few more than 12 data points, I would say. Well, here's one. Here's science. one right here. The Colts are on hard knocks and they just had the worst loss in like the last 10 years in the NFL. Yeah. So right so, now that does mean that our 50-50 tie has been swayed. There you go. So for those that did not stay the same breaking news, statistical analysis on Cogito Ergo Oro podcast reveals that teams on hard knocks are worse off yes. than if they had not been on hard knocks. It, it seems to be so. All right. There it is. All right. That's that segment. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no more statistics. No ever. more stats. My we brain is hurting. Yes. Okay. Um, so that game happened. Um, and it's significant not only in the fact that uh, the Jaguars won uh, their third game of the year, um, and as a quick A-side, um, the, they won and could have lost the number one overall pick, but the Lions are so unimpressed by the top of the draft next year that they thought, you know what, we could have the number one overall pick, but we're actually going to try to win and not even try to get the number one overall pick, and uh, they beat the Packers and Jordan loves terrible. So um, Jordan Love is that might be the bit, the second biggest win for bears fans. Um, assuming Aaron Rodgers leaves in the off season, the second biggest win for bears fans this weekend was uh, we all know Jordan loves terrible now. So uh, yeah, bear down. Um, so anyway, though, the Colts losing set the table for um, a, another game to be, much more relevant than it had been. And that is the Steelers versus the Ravens. And the reason is, um, is that the, the Colts being out opened the door for the winner of this game, the, between the, the Colts, or sorry, the Ravens and the Steelers uh, to have a shot to make the playoffs. Um, because if the Colts had won, they would have effectively been knocked out beforehand, but because the Colts bungled their season uh this game took on a whole bunch of a whole bunch more intrigue and uh it was a horrible football game between two pretty mediocre teams and the Steelers ended up winning big ben uh dude looks like he has 
six ice picks jammed up his knee whenever he tries to move. But uh, also, uh, I'm pretty sure that I could throw the ball with more zip than he does at this point. Uh, but hey, he's going to the well. He he gave their gave them a shot to go to the playoffs with the with their win. Mm-hmm. Not really a lot to say other than just the result of this game. Anyone have any thoughts? It was one of the ugliest football games I've ever watched, and that's saying something because I'm not a fan. Yeah, it was horrific. It was, Iowa and a Bears fan. Yeah, it was horrific. It was it was whatever. There's a game later on between a couple. Well, okay, it was just a horrible game in a lot of ways. Like there's like there are really good defensive games that are low scoring, and then there are just terrible football games that are low scoring and this was definitely the latter so but the Steelers won and they had a shot uh to make the playoffs uh pending the result of a game that we'll talk about in just a little bit um but really quickly I'll touch on the other game that had major ramifications ramifications the Los Angeles Rams Yeah, this is why you tune in here. Uh, Ramifications, the Los Angeles Rams versus the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Um, The game was played in Los Angeles, but it was a road game, essentially, for the Rams because there were way more 49ers fans at the game. Um, So uh, I I heard somebody somebody joked uh, because um, SoFi Stadium, the Los Angeles's big, brand new, incredible stadium, five billion dollar stadium, uh, was originally only supposed to cost three billion, so off by a couple bill. But um, people were dunking on the Rams because they went two billion dollars over budget to play road games, um, essentially in their own stadium. So, because nobody, nobody in Los Angeles cares about football um and so every time they play a game there whether it's the chargers or the rams uh it seems like there are more fans from the other teams there so anyway really good game uh at least competitive the rams jumped out to a big lead early uh stafford looked really good the 49ers did not look good on uh on offense at all um and yeah the 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 Rams scored a touchdown and then Sean McVay ran into the, into the end zone to celebrate with his teammates. I mean, the the guys on his team, because he's not actually a player, even though he likes to act like it sometimes. Um, uh, And then he promptly lost his, went on to lose his sixth game in a row to Kyle Shanahan uh, after that. So um, shout out to Sean McVay for, um, getting excited a couple times a year and allegedly being a really good coach, but, uh, but yeah, uh, the, the 49ers found a way to scrap all the way back in the second half. They ran the ball 10 plays in a row at one point on the Rams defense and they gained yards. I'm pretty sure every single play. Um, and so that was, that was as, as a fan of football and as a fan of teams that tend to play more like that, it was kind of beautiful to watch them just run every single play and the Rams couldn't do anything to stop it, but it was also kind of embarrassing to watch an NFL defense be that soft. Um, they're a bunch of softies. Um, and then, yeah, the uh, 49ers 
um, they they came back, tied the game, and then the the Rams scored a touchdown to take the lead. Um, and then Jimmy Garoppolo, they gave up a ninety plus yard drive to Jimmy Garoppolo. I repeat, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, a 90-plus yard drive to tie the game. Um, yeah, a guy playing, a guy who already isn't good, playing with a broken or injured thumb. If you would have seen one of the interceptions that he broken threw. and injured. It, it was – he threw a pass that was towards George Kittle, but I wouldn't even say to George Kittle because it was so far off that I don't even think Kittle thought he was throwing it to him at first. Um, he, it was so bad. It was a red zone turnover at one point. But anyway, um, it was hilarious because he didn't play very well basically the whole game. Their, their running game brought them all the way back. And then he finally threw, like, a pass, and Debo Samuel caught it and then broke, like, three tackles and ran for 50 yards. Um, and then Troy Aikman is going – you know, you really got to, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, what a performance today. And it's like, come on, man. Like, I know you're a quarterback and you want to, like, give a shout-out to the quarterbacks, but Jimmy G wasn't it, like, the whole game. Um, but, yeah, you got a shout-out from Troy Aikman for letting his play his playmakers make plays, which I guess is, is more than the Bears do. But – um, yeah, then the the um, 49ers kick a field goal, and then Matt Stafford threw a pick in overtime. So uh, the Rams are officially like the soft, softest NFL team of all time, I'm pretty sure. Big, big-time finesse team. Like, they – when things are going well for them, they, they go well, but if they get punched in the mouth, like, at all, they just kind of fold as a team. Um, it's kind of fun to watch, honestly, because I feel like that really fits well with Los Angeles. So true. So, so true. anyone have any thoughts on that game? Anyone else paying it? Boys, Devo and Elijah Mitchell going off yesterday. Good yeah. to see some good ball carriers. I love watching the 49ers when they play well. They're just like super fun to watch. Like they run the ball well, like Debo and Kittle Debo's and. Cool. Debo's so good. And then they didn't even have Kittle like going beast mode yesterday. Um, but man, they are they are so fun to watch. They they've done a really good job of building. Like they they only have they don't have like that much capital invested into their skill position players. Um, but they are very good. Very, very good. Uh so shout out to Kyle Shanahan for being a good coach. Uh, he can come coach the Bears if he wants anytime. So. Ooh. Breaking news. Breaking news. Chicago Bears are eyeing Doug Peterson. As head coach? Yep. I hate. I, I hate. I hate that. He did so great with the Eagles. Hey, he won a Super Bowl. No, 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 no. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I hate that i looked up a picture not a franchise coach. no he's not a franchise coach he's a beef stew brain <laughs> that stuff up from a chowder head yeah matt Nagy's a chowder head anthony lynn's a bird head uh doug peterson's beef stew brain and 
I if they hire Doug Peterson, oh come on! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for breaking that news, Josh. Mm-hmm. Um, but did you know that he has a book called "Fearless: How an Underdog Becomes a Champion"? So ooh. maybe he knows the secret. No, no, he just they got coach Nick Foles once. I mean, they just had like a really good playoff run. So I guess I mean the Bears haven't had that in a while. So wasn't that like a horrible Super Bowl to watch too. No, it was a good Super Bowl. It was a it was a it was a competitive. No, it was like a couple years after that. It was a horrible. Super Bowl. Yeah, the horrible Super Bowl was Sean McVay and the Rams against the Patriots. Yeah, that was a horrible. That was that was that was like that was up there. Like you want to talk about bad games? Like we were done. We were we were ragging on the Steelers Ravens game. The Super Bowl between the Patriots and the Rams was, was so bad. Abominable. So so, anyway, well, uh, I don't know if I want to talk about the NFL anymore now that I know that Doug Peterson's probably going to be the Bears coach. I hate, I hate that. I hate that. That's such a bad pick. Like, I didn't, I, I said earlier, anyone but Matt Patricia, I just had forgotten that Doug Peterson existed. Come on. All right. Anyway, sorry. This isn't great podcast material me just me just making angry noises the whole podcast are run when you get mad about the yeah but oh well life goes on sort of um well uh now that all the momentum has been taken out of uh my life we can move on to what was like one of the best games in nfl history last night um in a lot of ways and that is the raiders versus chargers um, so going into this game, setting the table. So all these things have happened um, leading up to this. And essentially the stakes going into this game were uh, the winner. If, if, if the game, well, the, the winner of this game is in the playoffs, losers out of the playoffs. But if the two teams tied, both would make the playoffs. So lots of rumors going already before the game started. Would the team just come out and decide together to just take knees the whole game and then tie and then the Steelers would get kicked out of the playoffs and both of those teams both of those teams would make it but no they came out and it was really really competitive game uh for a lot of it the Raiders jumped out to a quick 10-0 lead off of uh um well one of their their touchdown came off of a muffed punt or a fumbled I guess a fumbled uh punt uh, and then um, the Chargers roared right back and seemed to have all the momentum, had a 14-10 lead uh, towards the end of the first half. And then the, the Raiders and Derek Carr did what they do best, and that is draw pass interference penalties. And they drew uh, penalties down the field, essentially, and scored a touchdown uh, to take the lead going into, into halftime. Uh, in the midst of this whole situation, uh, one of the, 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 I forgot because uh, it's so ridiculous, but I forgot that the Raiders field goal that they, so they were up three zero, then they got the touchdown off the, the, um, or fumbled punt. Um, but the, their, their field goal came off of a zero yard drive because the Chargers went for it on fourth and one at their own 18-yard line. And they ran a dive with their five-foot-eight, like, 200-pound running back, Austin Eckler. And he got 
mega stuffed on that run. And then the Raiders came out, did absolutely nothing, and then were able to kick a field goal because uh, Coach Brandon Staley for the Chargers is, I don't know, he's he's bordering on doy-doy territory at this point. Um, but, yeah, so that, that was part of the scoring. The uh, Raiders ended up taking a, a lead. They were up 29 to 14 at one point in the second half. And then the Chargers scored a touchdown, got a two point conversion. And then they got the ball back with just under two minutes left down by eight or sorry. No, they're down by seven because they already went for it down by seven, 29, 22 and went on a two minute drive that took 20 plays. They, they ran 20 plays in two minutes um Justin Herbert basically did nothing for three downs and then he would convert the fourth down every single time then he'd do nothing and then he'd convert the fourth down then he'd do nothing and then convert the fourth down it was pretty incredible so they score uh, a touchdown and then uh surprisingly their their uh coach doesn't go for it for the first time in forever it seems like and they just kick the extra point and go to overtime so at this point uh with the game tied and 10 minutes of overtime separating both teams. The, the, um, the broadcasters and everybody were all full-on conspiracy theorists thinking about all the ways that if these two teams just came out in overtime and decided to be really vanilla and just run the ball and run the clock, all they'd have to do is tie and they would both they would be assured that they would be in the playoffs. And so uh, the Raiders did not seem to be vibing with that though and they came out moved the ball down the field kicked a field goal uh to take a three-point lead and so the Chargers had the, got the ball back with a chance to win or tie and obviously Steelers fans were really hoping that they would go and get the win at that point uh but they moved down the field and they kick a field goal with about four minutes left in overtime and so the game is tied now and we are four minutes away from a tie in which both teams would go to the playoffs and the Steelers um would be eliminated and they kept panning over on the camera to this one Steelers fan that was in the crowd who was just losing it this entire time as it became increasingly more likely that the game was going to end in a tie um and that both teams were gonna uh just play it really vanilla and go to the playoffs <clears throat> and the Raiders just moved the ball a couple first downs and then they had the ball about midfield with just under a minute left. And then it became kind of apparent that the Raiders at that point were content to just run the clock out and not risk anything and just go to, and just play for the tie and go to the playoffs. And it was so funny. They ran like a first down and Josh Jacobs gets the handoff and like half runs for like three yards and just goes down super easily in bounds. Um, and the they they pan over the Steelers fan and he is just like losing it because he's like he can see it um, that the the Raiders are just content to run the clock out um, and so it's I believe yeah it was second and it was it was going to be third down and the clock was going to be under forty seconds when the when the Raiders were going to snap on third down and so all they would have to do is run that one play and the clock would have run out but genius ahead of his time head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers Brandon Staley calls a timeout with 38 seconds on the clock in theory I 
I, I, we still don't know exactly why. Some people say he called a timeout because he was worried that the Raiders were going to run an actual play uh, and try to get the first down and get into field goal range to kick the field goal, and he wanted to set his defense. Um, if he had been watching either of the two plays right before that, he would know that they had zero interest in getting any kind of first down. That, that Those were two of the most lackluster running plays I've ever seen. Um, but he calls a timeout, and now the Raiders – they have to consider that if they punt it, because the, the Chargers had one more timeout, if they run it and they get stuffed, the Chargers can call a timeout and get the ball back with like 30 seconds left um, and have a chance to win. And so the Raiders kind of have their hand forced to try to actually get the first down. They hand it off. Josh Jacobs gets like 10 yards, puts them in pretty decent field goal range. And uh they run the clock all the way down to two seconds call a timeout and then run their kicker out and in all of in just an incredible situation a wild turn of events the Raiders potentially irked by Brandon Staley calling a timeout maybe they were actually playing for the field goal who knows they go out kick the field goal win the game Chargers are out of the playoffs probably because Brandon Staley called a timeout that he definitely didn't need to call. So um, yeah, that's basically how the game ends uh, an incredible game, incredible end of the game. Uh, and so, yeah, because of that, the Steelers and good old hobbled big Ben are in the playoffs instead of Justin Herbert and the chargers who are definitely a better team, but I know that was a lot. That was a lot of me talking, but I don't know who all was able to watch, who was able to watch all that unfold. Cause that was one of the more insane endings, an incredible end of the season. Uh, and um, just a, an absurd ending to the game. I have no idea what Brandon Staley was thinking when he called that timeout, but he may have cost his team the season. So yeah, that's that. Anyone have any thoughts? Other than Will saying woohoo. Um, not really. It was a good game. I was watching it. I wasn't really paying attention though. I'm not one hundred percent sure as to why. I can't really remember. But yeah. Yeah. Crazy, crazy ending uh there. So yeah, that sets your your uh playoff field now with um so this is I'll just go one. <clears throat> one through seven. Okay there. I, I'm having issues, I guess. We'll go one through seven on both in both conferences. So one seed, the Titans got the number one seed. And then Chiefs, Bills, Bengals, Raiders, Patriots, Steelers. And then on the in the NFC, we have the Packers, then the Bucks, Cowboys, Rams, Cardinals, uh, 49ers, and Eagles. So uh, the Packers and the Titans get first-round buys. Um, yeah, and then they get to play the the lowest seed of whoever wins in the first-round games. Uh, personal, like me personally circling some games that I'm interested in. Uh, Bills play the Patriots in round one, and then the Cowboys play the 49ers, and I think both of those should be pretty competitive games. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if either of the underdogs won those games. So, yeah, that's that's where the NFL sits right now, but just a crazy day overall. So, anybody have any parting thoughts about the NFL, a tumultuous day? 
No. Nope. The Eagles made the playoffs. I cannot believe it, but they made the playoffs. Yeah, they're not good. Oh, my goodness. Hey, you know who used to coach the Ooh, Eagles? The is... NFC is terrible. Doug Peterson. <laughs> People are saying he laid the groundwork for them to make the playoffs this no. year. Will's saying no. Some some people are saying, yeah. Some, some people are saying, people are saying, saying that no. Brian Ferentz might be a better option than Doug Peterson. I would agree. And I'm starting that <laughs> rumor right that now. Be, I don't think that's unreasonable. I'm starting that rumor right because now. At least the Bears would be consistent in running that same stretch play of the short side of the field. We could get that down. We might get a few more yards on it because we have better talent. Mm-hmm. Dave now, Montgomery with that short play or short side stretch play. If we got yep. Peterson, Nick Pretty. starting quarterback, and I hate that. So electric offense. Oh yeah. Um I really quick, yeah. So let's actually add some context. Earlier today, the Bears had a press conference, and apparently uh George McCaskey, the like representative of the ownership essentially from the family that owns the Bears. Uh, alluded to the fact that the quarterback situation going into next year is not set. Oh, geez. So, uh, so we might. It's about time you jink uh, Virginia McCaskey. Yeah, I was going to say. Oh, that's another development. Jake did kill uh, Betty White over the break. Well, we don't have to go into that. Um, I think you do. When I borrowed a part of a plant, I was made out to be a criminal. You killed somebody. I didn't actually. Well, it's okay. They, they released the cause of death, so you can now joke about it. What was it? Being old. It was a stroke. That'll do it. That, I mean, out of all the ways to go at ninety nine and almost three hundred sixty five days, that I mean, that's not even that. Yeah, for those of you wondering why they're talking about this, um, we were at uh the theater for the new spider-man movie and before during the trailers before the movie started uh they showed a trailer for a betty white 100th birthday celebration documentary that they had put together and i said not trying to be not trying to jinx anything i just said they better something to the effect of well let's hope she lasts that long and she did and not. she did not <laughs> and so now there's debate as to whether i have blood on my hands what did you say about bob saget i didn't say anything about bob saget okay i've never said no never i josh you might have to blame josh josh is the one who plays his video game that's true oh that's a lot true. more so josh already ruined the cold wait on the cold john madden is dead because josh because plays madden, play madden all the time Oh, you okay? I I heard a completely different name. Never mind. We're good. Yeah. So, um, I guess pro tip to those listening: don't advertise a documentary about a birthday you have coming up. To me. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. <laughs> um, that's the NFL and Betty White discussion. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, real, real quick, we can just touch on a couple things that happened. We'll, we'll have more to discuss, I think, about a lot of this um, once the season's actually over tonight. So maybe wait on this till next week. Uh, but college football, obviously, bowl season's been going on. Um, we can. I'll just 
run through a few of the major bowls and you guys, if you guys want to just chip in with a, a couple sentences or, 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 you know, just a, a thought or two about, you know, some of the games that I'm going to talk about, but we'll, we'll move through this pretty quick because uh, we'll be wrapping this up soon because the national championships about to start. Um, but yeah, uh, I'll just run through these bowl games. You guys just fire off a thought or two and we'll, we'll move to the next one. So Iowa state versus Clemson in the cheese at bowl. Electric. Yeah. The cheeses were the winner. Um, cheeses were the winner. Out, listen, out of all the bowls that we got where a food was dumped on a coach, yeah. I personally enjoyed the visual of the cheeses being dumped on the coach more than some of the others. There you go. Specifically the male. King Chedward. Um, I believe is the name of the the mascot for the Cheese It Bowl. Um, Prince Chedward, Prince Chedward, I think. He was Prince Chedward. Yep. Uh, Better than Jimmy Campbell. Yeah. Congratulations to um, to Iowa State for um, their best team ever <laughs> losing in the Cheese It Bowl to the worst Clemson team in the last ten years. Ooh. All right, next move. Uh, Music City Bowl between Purdue and Tennessee. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Very exciting game. Anyone else have anything to add about it? Purdue down multiple first round potential picks and still beats a team from the vaunted SEC. Yeah. They didn't care about that game. Um, good point. It was good. I, I tuned in like right at the end of regula- regulation. So I caught like the last two, t- two or three touchdowns and overtime. So yep. it was pretty crazy. Yeah. Controversial ending. Tennessee guy got called, got the, the play got blown dead probably a little bit early. Uh, he would have scored a touchdown otherwise, but uh, I would not have bet on Tennessee's defense getting a stop that um, that they would have needed after that because their defense got absolutely shredded by Purdue's backups, basically. So, yep, uh, a little game between a certain team, Iowa versus Kentucky in the Citrus Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. That's all that yeah. Pain, all right. Uh, we'll move on. We can move on. Yep. Uh, Oklahoma State Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl. I have no idea how that happened, no. but Oklahoma State just they came back and won that one. So there you go. That's a good way great, to great start for Marcus Freeman. Yep, Marcus Freeman era is off to a bang. Uh, it was okay. Like really quickly, it was really hilarious to see all the uh, the Notre Dame like fans and like alumni all being like man, Brian Kelly's gone. Look at how good our team is now. And then they blow like a 20-point lead to Oklahoma <laughs> State. Uh, pretty hilarious anyway. Uh, Rose Bowl, Ohio State versus Utah. That was a game. That was a wild game. It was, it was electric. The true meaning of Rose Bowl, I would say. That game was the true meaning of Rose Bowl? Speaking yeah. of – Okay, yeah. Game, no. That was a good game. That's what Rose Speaking Bowl of the Rose Bowl, yeah. Speaking of the Rose Bowl and hot takes that have come out of a team in the Rose Bowl, one of us here, I'm not going to say who, but they'll probably reveal themselves after I say this. One of us here has said that Jackson Smith and Jigba is the best of the three Ohio State receivers Hmm. or is going to be the best one. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. He's so good. He kind of proved it. Dude, he was Um, unbelievable. Yeah, having a good – a good game for a quarterback as a receiver. We can talk a little bit more about this on one of our future pods, but um, I think the Rose Bowl was a really good example of if um, the two guys, the two receivers that didn't opt out 
I think they could have really helped their draft stock if they would have actually played in that game. Um, but that is that is an, uh, a discussion for another day. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, moving on to the Cotton Bowl uh, college football playoff semifinal number one, Cincinnati versus Alabama. <laughs> Why are you laughing, Josh? That was a well, I mean, we talked about an ugly game earlier. Um, and this one was also of the same ilk. Um, a very disinterested Alabama team played a much smaller Cincinnati football team that had a lot of fire for the first drive. And the game was kind of over basically at that point. Yeah, I mean, when they put all of that effort into it, and I'm pretty sure they got a field goal. I don't, even, I don't even score a touch. I don't think better, better than I won the big championship. I mean, yeah, congratulations to them. I mean, that was, yeah, that like I won't go too far into it, but that game was over basically like three plays in. Like Ohio yep. or Alabama could have thrown zero passes that entire game and still won by mm-hmm. twenty points. Brian so, Robinson went off. Yeah, that was that was a that was a boring game. Like it wasn't like people will argue like, oh, it was, you know, they, you know, Alabama does that to everybody when they play, which is somewhat true, but Alabama actually tries when they do that to other people. Alabama didn't even try against Cincinnati and still absolutely dominated that game. So I don't, yeah, I won't dwell on it too long, but uh, I don't need to see any more group of five teams in the playoff anytime soon. Uh, That was abysmal. So at least, at least until it expands. But, but hey, Cincinnati apparently is moving to I think the Big Twelve soon. So they are. Yeah. So now the Big Twelve will just never get a playoff team. So now, in. Yeah, now the Big Twelve yeah. stomp whenever they get there. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's 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 nothing new. Like Oklahoma hasn't been competitive in like their last three trips. So, uh, thank goodness they lost before the. Well, okay. I mean, on it. Okay, we won't go into it too much. We'll talk about it and in a future pod. We'll we'll do a full breakdown of everything that happened in college football and stuff. But uh, other playoff game, the Orange Bowl between Georgia and Michigan. That was not that fun to watch either. Yikes! <laughs> Both of those games were not very good. Yeah. So um, I'll address the um, the bulldog-sized elephant in the room. Um, that uh, Georgia just played a really poor game and Alabama kind of played out of their minds in the SEC championship. And yeah, um, all of my claims that Georgia shouldn't have been in the playoff, uh, maybe a little bit reactive and a little bit uh, recency, but a little bit of recency bias there. Uh, They definitely looked like the best team in the country when they played Michigan and that game was not particularly competitive after like three drives. So, yeah, they're so, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, both in both of the playoff teams, um, the losing team was absolutely electric on the sideline for the kickoff, the opening kickoff at the beginning of the game. Yep. Um, and I could tell from that who the winner was for both of them, and it ended up being right. So, I think I know kind of how to gauge like re- the real like team in the matchup yeah. going forward. So if, if the team's like really hyped, really like ready to go, 
on the sideline. Like jumping um, up and down and stuff like that. Yeah. Doing yeah. the cheerleading or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. If a team's doing that, they're going to lose. We all know that now. Um, the teams that are more business-like and just there to get the to, – to do their thing, the team that's going to yeah. win. Mm-hmm. all right well we'll we'll watch for that tonight see if we can oh, figure really? it out and then yeah Bama comes out they Bama got comes them. out hopping around on the sideline we all know who's gonna win um so yeah that's that's college football anybody uh really quickly before we head to two takes and out of out of the pod with the championship coming up in, in a little bit anyone have have your picks in let's just go around the room taylor you start us off who are you picking, Alabama or Georgia? Uh, Bama. Bama. All right. All right, Will. I'm going to pick Georgia to bounce back and get a good revenge game against Saban. All right, I will also take Georgia. I think that they – I think that – I'm actually really excited for this game now. I, I didn't think that I was going to be excited for this rematch, but they're so clearly the best two teams that were at least up for the – for the playoff at the end of the year. Um, and I think the fact that it's a rematch is actually kind of exciting. So, um, and the fact, the fact that Alabama beat Georgia makes this a much more interesting game. So I'm taking, but I'm picking Georgia. I think they figured it, figured this stuff out and they got embarrassed enough, but uh, I think this is their year. If they can't do it this year, I don't know if they'll ever be Alabama ever again. So Josh. All right. So let me talk to you guys a little bit about, what I have learned over the last week of pondering the outcomes of this game, uh, what's at stake, what both teams are bringing to the table. Um, I have looked at the history, the history books, um, all the textbooks I went through in high school about college football history. Mm. Uh, Georgia in the past has not been necessarily super successful at the end of the season and capitalizing off of the success they've had all year. Yep. Um, they've usually kind of had the opportunity there, um, looked the part, and at the end kind of just fallen apart. Um, and I could use that to gauge my pick for this year, um, for this national championship tonight. Yes. Um, I could I could do that. I could go for that. That is definitely a logical line of thought, especially looking at how Bama did beat Georgia already um, and how Bama, like, without trying, destroyed the hopes and dreams of any Cincinnati player um, or fan. Um, I could look at that and say Bama's going to win, but I could also look at it and realize that Georgia already had that kind of letdown loss at the end of the year yep. when they played Bama in the SEC championship. Yep. And I think that kind of woke them up. And so now they're ready. They're, they know what to do. They figured out Bama. They know Jameson Williams is naturally a threat. Um, so, um, so are you, are you thinking- both lines of thoughts are both lines of thought are pretty, pretty tempting, pretty, attention grabby yep um, brock bowers and bryce young are kind of the impact players for both teams um it's gonna kind of hang on the performance of those two guys more than anything um so my bold prediction brock bowers gets 150 receiving yards 
four oh. receiving touchdowns Whoa. and Bama by three. Bama wins so, by three. Yep. Dang. Wow. Dang. All right. That's history. what I got. You history heard it here. Beats itself. Mm-hmm. Georgia chokes again. Exactly. On a Devontae Smith touchdown and loss. Oh my goodness. Like three seconds or whatever. Yep. Because Devontae is still at Bama, obviously, in their hearts. Um, maybe Jacory Brooks could get in Ja'Cory. and have the big, the big touchdown at the end. There you go. All right, that's two for Georgia, two for Bama. Wow. Wow. But yeah, don't forget Brock Bowers, fifteen catches, one hundred fifty receiving yards, at least um, four receiving touchdowns. Bama by three. Yeah, Bama by three. There you go. All right. Sounds good. Uh, let's wrap up with a rapid round of two takes, everyone. Uh, we'll go in the same order that we just went as we picked. Taylor, you want to start us off? Yeah. So, I think we've mentioned this before, but college football was just okay this year. I think that this is like a still a COVID recovery year. Mm. I feel like a lot of teams didn't look that good. And by a lot of teams, I mean most teams didn't really look that good. Mm. There weren't that many standout teams where you're like, oh, that's talent, you Mm. know? Mm. Maybe next year. Mm. Also, RIP the Hawks. Is that that your second? No, no, that's that's a part of my first I was like, is that your second take? Okay. It's a down year for football because my team didn't win the national championship. It doesn't count. This year doesn't count. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, my second take is it's not actually that fun when an underdog goes all the way. Oh, so, um, Wait. and I know that you and I have discussed this before, but it's very clear in college basketball. Um, I would say like in March madness, when an underdog goes all the way and then they just absolutely get destroyed in a later mm-hmm. run by an actually good team. Yeah. Like Loyola Yep. Yes. Uh, R.I.P. Uh, sister. Sister, sister, sister. She's not dead yet. She's not. She outlived Betty White. Don't talk about her. Yeah. Um, oh, she's dead now. <laughs> Josh, you have news break. break yeah, I have break for us. Um, Man, I hope Doug. Yeah, I don't know. I hope Doug Peterson lives long enough to become the Bears head coach. Yeah. You also. Were, <laughs> you weren't hopeful that Betty White was going to make it, though. What? No. What do you say? Uh, also, I don't know. Cincy didn't look that great when they played good teams. It's true. So, That's you true. Know. That's true. It's fun if they continue to be good, but it's. I feel like a lot of times it's a letdown. We can have a. We can have another podcast where we really go into into this argument mm-hmm. in depth because I there I have a lot of thoughts on. All right. Okay. What you're saying, we'll but yeah, we'll. But no, I mean it's a, it's a good yeah. take. Just remember that. I keep Good a list stuff. of my two takes in Good. case we ever. Because I agree with you. Because I agree with you to yeah. a point, but it needs to be fleshed out a little bit. Yeah. But good stuff. Will two takes right now. Two takes right now. Um, two, two. One, number one. Uh, my I know my second one. Was, my second one is, is that they really do need to like really crack down on the players kicking their legs out on three point shots in basketball, both in like on every level, because it just preschool. Yes, it, preschool as well. Um, because it's bad form for the shooters. Like, it's just a bad shooting form, as well as it's just penalizing someone for playing defense. Um, and then I'm completely blanking on what my first take was. 
Um, All right, that's a good one. Why am I blanking on what it was? It was, I think it was, honestly, Georgia shouldn't even be in the playoff. Was that your first take? Was that no, your, is that it? That. Mm. That, we've never talked about that. I've before. never heard that one before. No. Shoot, I cannot. Wait, that was Josh's I, take originally, right? <laughs> I cannot. It was, it was actually really frustrating. We can come back to you if, if you. Oh, never mind. I remember. Okay. Um, GMs and front offices and everything that are trying to hire a new coach needs to, they need to be very careful about looking for like one year coaches. So like Matt Nagy with the chiefs, when the chiefs were like pretty good for one year and then Matt Nagy got hired right away. Um, other coaches that are like that, where they're like, they're part of a system for one year. The system does really well for one year, but that's just like potentially a fluke. So hiring people who do that, um, I think are is kind of a dangerous coaching or a dangerous hire situation. You'll get sometimes you'll get really good coaches, like the um, like um, I think this happened with Baylor with Dave, with Dave Aranda, but I know that huh. like with the the Panthers they hired Matt Rule and Matt Rule has not done so well for them so far. No, so and they fired Joe Brady. Their offensive coordinator. He was a uh, offensive coordinator at LSU for their championship year. Right. So yeah, you got to be careful about hi- just hiring people because they're part of one year of success at a program because it could. It's so dependent upon a lot of different things. So it's not necessarily just really. Well, Doug Peterson had that one Super Bowl year. <laughs> I will tell the Bears right now they need to watch out for that. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying, Will? Um, all right. Um, let me pull up my two takes. So my first take, and we will talk about this in much more depth in the future, but, uh, my first take is the CFP needs to expand mm-hmm. ideally to 12. Um, I won't go too in depth at this point, but I, that's my take for right now Yeah, is that it needs to expand to 12 and we can talk more about it in the future. I just think it, the numbers work best with that. Mm-hmm. You can retain a lot of the things that make the regular season great while also not diluting and ruining um, the sport. And there are, there are lots of reasons why I think that um, 12, that expanding would help. And some people make arguments that it wouldn't make a big difference, but I would argue uh, otherwise, I guess. Um, and then the, the second one is that the NFL needs to adopt the college overtime rules. The, I just love college overtime where they just keep going back and forth. Well, I don't like the current, iteration where after the third in the third overtime they just start alternating two-point conversions i think that's dumb and i think it's kind of a lame way to end the game um but uh, i like the original version where they just kept going i mean like people the reason why they changed the college overtime was because of one game that went super long but that almost never happens um I know why the NFL does it the way they do because they have to get the games over with so they can switch over to the next game um, on television. But it's just it, it's a lot less cool in my opinion. Like I think last night's game would have been super cool if you know, obviously the 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 tie that takes the tie out of out of play. Um, but I just think I, I like the college overtime rules a lot more. They're a lot more fun to watch, I think, than the NFL. Because NFL just turns kind of into a field goal fest most of the time. So, anyways, yeah, those are my takes. Josh, go for it. All right. Um, my two takes both have to do with college football, obviously, because it's the best sport. Um, the first is that I think Michigan is going to shock literally everybody next year. Um, 
Michigan's fans obviously are really high on them, thinking we're now like top tier, one of the best programs in the country after making the playoffs once. Um, yep. So they're they're really hyped, and Michigan is literally losing, going to lose every contributor probably that they have, more or less. Yeah. Um, yeah. and including Jim Harbaugh and probably some of their like a decent amount of their staff. Um, so barring a huge Michigan State transfer level change, um, and by that I mean like Michigan State got like all of their starters this year from the transfer portal. Um, yep. but like barring barring that happening, I don't really see any chance for them to be much better than like 500 next year oh um that's a big so yeah i i feel like they'll shock michigan fans but i also feel like they won't be as bad as some people who hold the same opinion that i do about them think like i feel like they'll probably end up sitting around eight and four um, which is still – it's still definitely making the bowl still pretty respectable, especially playing in the Big Ten East. Yep. Um, so I think they'll end up being 8-4 and four next year, shocking everybody. 8-4 um, at, at the end of the regular season, obviously. Um, yeah. So that's kind of my take. Um, so they won't be world breakers like their fans want them to be. They won't be horrible like – I would expect them to be, um, but they'll be, they'll be average, like probably a, a typical Iowa season. Sure. And I think Iowa's going to beat them. That's another thing. Not for my, not my second take. All right. Um. Yeah. All right. So, anyways, moving on. Um, my second take is that Iowa is experiencing a very similar situation that they did in men's basketball in football this year um there are definitely significant differences in that um our keegan marie wait no never mind back up shoot um i was gonna say our keegan murray is leaving but he's not because he's a true freshman um so keegan johnson is staying he'll be electric um, he showed flashes last year, like Keegan Murray showed flashes last year. Um, he'll take that step up and be one of the best receivers in the country. Um, oh. but we're losing some heavy contributors like Tyler Linderbaum, um, Dane Belton, and then who else? Kyler Schott, obviously. Chiefs, right? So we're losing, we're losing a lot of like big, big name players, um, like we did, like Luke Garza, Joe Wieskamp, two of our top contributors, and we're bringing back a fifth-year senior that I would much rather have leave. Like of all the people, kind of in his position group, I would rather have him leave than most of the rest. Um, Riley Moss is yep. coming back for its fifth year. Um, I think. He kind of proved in our bowl game that he's not really anywhere near to the kind of na- national recognition he got 
as far as like talent wise and um, like how good he is. Like he's not that good. He had one good game, um, but he got forced when he got thrown at for the rest of the season. And when he did get thrown at, it, he didn't lock catches. Yeah, surprisingly, but he didn't get thrown at. So I just think he was pretty overrated. Um, kind of similar to Jordan Bohannon, who has no utility outside of shooting threes, um, and he doesn't always hit. Go off. So, yeah, I'd say it's pretty similar. Um, our coaches are both still – like the head coaches are both still in, the play, still in their place for a good reason, but should also – like there's also a lot of reasons why they should move on. <clears throat> like – Kirk is getting older and obviously like that's not a problem but like the way he coaches is getting older too and he's not really changing yep like and that's a that's kind of a big problem really kind of important um and a reason why we like are we are still moderately successful but not like reaching our full potential um as a program um but like, like with Fran McCaffrey finding good recruits um, and getting them there, um, I think Kirk does really a job of recruiting and developing talent. Like finding good under the radar recruits, entering them into elite NFL prospects. Um, so like both both head coaches have like a reason why they're still head coaching. And why they're still kind of leading the program, um, but like there's considerable reason for them to move on. So I think there's a very sim- there's an eerie similarity between like our team, our football team this year, um, going into next year, and our basketball team from last year going into this year. I've, obviously, there's some big changes like. Um, There's like the quarterback situation with us. Um, there's not really a comparable thing between um, our basketball team from last year and our quarterback situation this year. But um, I don't know. Maybe maybe Connor McCaffrey might be the kind of the um, good comparison. Like we can bring in like a new point guard that has the flair of Joe Toussaint or new quarterback that has the flair of Joe Toussaint. That might be something like that. But right now there's not really a comparable thing, a comparable situation between us right now um, with football and last year with basketball. But yeah, that's, that's my second take. Um, The main prompt of that is the Riley Moss situation. Um, I would, no offense to him, like he's a very experienced quarterback. Um, and he's not terrible. I just think he gets way more credit than he kind of deserves for like one good game against a team that ended up going like two and ten. So All yeah, right. that's that's kind of my that's my take. Those are my two takes. I kind of went on for a very long time, and I think the that's all right. Started, but that's yeah. all right. No, we got the had to explain it and. uh,
Mm-hmm. Must be some good parallels between the two. Hopefully the uh, football team is better next year than the basketball team is this year. Hopefully. So. If we, I mean, if we tear through the non-conference like we did in basketball, that wouldn't be a problem, but we, I don't know. It would be nice to not get like three straight conference losses off of that in conference season next year in football. So Yeah, that'd be ideal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, sweet. Anyone have any else that any other things to add before we head out for the evening? Well, if not, thank you everyone who is listening. Thanks for tuning in to Monday Night Live, January 10th. Uh, we'll be back next week with another Monday Night Live uh, and be on the lookout for anything coming out soon. So once again, mm-hmm. thanks for listening.